Thanks for listening to Empower Outdoors podcast. I'm your host, Allie Jutine. And I'm your co-host, Phil Stepp. Um, we're here today talking to Angie Scott, who is an avid angler, has been fishing all her life, um, but she also recently started a podcast called The Woman Angler and Adventurer Podcast. So thanks for joining the show, Angie. Yeah, I'm so glad to be here. It's pretty cool to be the one getting interviewed for a change. <laughs> yeah, and uh, she just recently posted um, an interview on her podcast, the the Woman Angler, that she actually interviewed me. So that's kind of that was kind of fun. I got to go on the other side of it as well. So yeah, super fitting. It's cool to uh, switch off, you know, and kind of take turns on different podcasts. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, so. Kind of going back to your background and how you got into to fishing um, and the outdoors, tell us a little bit about your background and what kind of got you to where you are now. Yeah, well, so I actually grew up in Minnesota. I live in Nashville now. And um, just growing up in Minnesota, being around all the lakes and things, um, my dad had a boat and we would go out as a family, my mom, my dad, myself and my brother, and we would go fishing quite a bit in the summers. And uh, my favorite thing to fish for was walleye. So that's kind of how I grew up. We, we did a lot of pan fishing. And, um, and then, you know, as I got older, started catching some bigger fish, some pike and walleye. I just really enjoyed the fight was like really what like attracted me the sport and then it, you know and then plus there's a little competition you know between myself and my brother and stuff like that and that kind of like drove me to like get into it even more and I remember in the summers we would go up north uh, to different lakes but we got into going up to Lake Vermilion on a regular basis uh, at, like for a week every summer we'd go up to, to resort there and just fish and I just love that. And even after I moved down to Nashville, I, uh, I, I went to University of Minnesota for a couple of years and then realized what I really wanted to do was get into the music business. And so that's what prompted me to move down to Nashville. And uh, once I got down here, I kind of like got disconnected from getting out there and fishing and things like that. I was just focused on school and uh, career but I'd still take a week in the summer and we would still go up to Lake Vermilion. So I still had that, that connection. At least I had that outlet a little bit uh, every year. About three or four years ago now, I got a, a Quest Edge pontoon. It's by Apex Marine. I don't know if, you've, if you're familiar with those or not, but that company really takes to heart like uh, someone who's interested in fishing and then other activities. But like this pontoon has two live wells. And, um, and since I'm in Nashville and I also write songs on the side, like that's kind of what really prompted me to get a pontoon so I could use it for different things. But that also got me back into fishing um, here in Nashville, which on the lake that it's on is Percy Priest Lake. And it's just outside of Nashville and there are no walleye in that lake, which is kind of disappointing for me because that's just my favorite fish to target. But it's caused me to like learn different techniques and like target different fish. So I've, I've done uh, some bass fishing, some catfish uh, fishing, and then uh, they do have crappie. So that's, uh, you know, I grew up fishing crappie and um, bram and stuff like that. So I've kind of 
gone after all those different kinds of fish on that lake, and it's been super fun to get back into it. Well, I'll tell you what, I I fish a lot um, in my life from the time I was a little kid until now, and I fish out of pontoons, I fish out of uh, ski boats, I fish out of little boats, I fish out of big fishing boats, charter boats. I've yet to come up with a bad way to fish out of a pontoon boat yeah i i don't understand why they aren't more popular with fishermen and women i i um other than maybe they don't don't always go as fast as like a bass boat um as far as being able to have a group of people out fishing no matter you're anchoring trolling whatever it is they 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 float high in the water so you can go in shallow areas i really have had a hard time figuring out why they're not more popular yeah and so it's kind of to hear you talk about that you bought one specifically for fishing and and then also for your recreational uses too right yeah the biggest issue i guess i've had with it other than the speed like you said which my budget i i put uh i've only got a 25 horsepower on it so uh that's one issue i would like to upgrade um it's a small pontoon so it's uh 16 foot 10 inches i think it, but it will take up to a 50 and so at some point I would love to upgrade it and then um, that probably won't be such a factor. But the biggest issue I've had is my trolling motor and the wind. So if I'm trying to bass fish or something and it's any bit windy out, sometimes that can get difficult and the trolling motor just can't keep up. That's, that would be my only thing against um getting a pontoon specifically for fishing well and, and you can probably if you got a little bigger um hopefully if you got a little bigger trolling motor it would combat that yeah i've i've wondered about that i've not looked into it but um i got them in code i don't i don't remember what like how many pounds of thrust it has on it but I've wondered if that might be something. That might be something to look into when you look into maybe upgrading your motor too. Look at upgrading your trolling motor and, you know, maybe that'll help. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's kind of where I'm at now. And then I just recently joined a bass club, like a local bass fishing club, and we do monthly tournaments and um, I'm the only female in the, in the club. So I, I kind of found that to be interesting and that's kind of, one of the reasons why I went the direction I did with, with my podcast, and I would just like to get to a point where you see more females involved, and especially like going to like the fishing shows. Maybe it's different up there, but like down here, I see very few women, and um, I would just love for to get to a point where you, it's just it's more like 50-50, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, and I think what both kind of trying to do is you know get show that show different sides of fishing and hunting and whatnot to you know and encourage all different types of people to get involved yeah i mean you don't have to fish the way everybody else does like you were saying there you know just having that small pontoon boat that's something that isn't super typical and but that's okay you know yeah. right and then some people kayak fish yeah, or, there's all you different know. ways shore fish yep um yeah. so as far as the you have the um your pontoon on that lake around there now i do believe there are quite a few lakes in tennessee that have walleye stock in them yes i've actually so old hickory which is also just outside of nashville but it's kind of on the opposite it's on the northern side north uh east side 
and they do have walleye there. I've not taken my pontoon to that lake yet and tried for walleye. Um, and then Center Hill, which is maybe about an hour east of Nashville, has walleye. Um, and I would love to go out there and try that sometime. But the one, the one lake I have been to is this lake called Lake Normandy. And I took a guide out a couple of years ago with the goal of like catching my first walleye in Tennessee. It was really hard to find a guide who specialized in walleye in, in this area. And it, it surprises me that more people don't fish walleye around this area. I don't, I don't know if it's just, I don't really know what the reason is for yeah. it. Well, it's a culture thing. Traditionally, there hasn't been a lot of walleye in the south until they started stocking the lakes and the reservoirs down there with them. Ah, yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, so I did get to catch my first walleye uh, on Lake Normandy. And then the following summer, I took my own pontoon down there and just kind of did the same type of thing he showed us, you know, and we actually had a great day. We ended up catching like five and they were all like really good size walleye. So it's nice. A lot of fun. Yeah. So I try to do that a couple times a year just to get that out of my system. Uh, but yeah. I, w I would like to try some of these other reservoirs that have uh, walleye in them as well. The cool thing about Southern states and walleyes is they're not protected during the spawning. Uh, like they are in Minnesota and Wisconsin and northern states. So you can fish. I don't know what the regulations are in, specifically in Tennessee, but a lot of those those areas you can fish. Um, you can target their spawning areas in March, April, when the walleyes are, are starting to spawn. Yeah. So any inlet going into those reservoirs is going to be packed uh, packed with, with walleyes. Yeah, I've not seen any regulations about like not being able to fish the, them certain times a year. So yeah, you're, it's probably open, and that's good. That's a good bet for March uh, or early April when they spawn down there. Is finding those inlets going into the reservoirs and fishing uh -huh. in shallow water. Yeah, I'll have to try that uh, this this next coming spring. Would be cool. Yeah, and let us know how you do. Yeah, you should. What about striper fishing down there? Do you uh, do you do much of that? I've I took a guide out on Percy Priest one summer to do striper fishing, and that was a ton of fun. And I I seriously thought about uh, equipping my boat to do that. Um, it, it there's a lot that goes into it. Like you can't buy the the shiners, or you can't yeah you can't buy the shiners that he was using that big enough. So he has to catch his own with a cast net. And then he's got a bait tank that's round so they don't like injure themselves. And, you know, you have to keep it aerated and cool is the other challenge. Like it's, you know, if they get too hot, they'll start dying. So just keeping the bait alive is like a huge challenge. But then he had uh, downriggers and, you know, just this whole system. And I don't, I don't have that kind of equipment, but I, I have heard like pretty much if you can find a school of them, they'll, pretty much just bite on whatever you're throwing down, even bear hooks. Like they just, yeah. they're crazy. The, the one time that I fished them, uh, this was down in Arkansas. We used the combination of those, um, uh, the bait fish. I forgot what, what were they called again? Um, the ones you just were talking about. The, like shiners. Shiners. Yeah, yeah. not shiners. There's something else. Um, oh. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank here, oh, but shad. anyways, shad. Yep. Shad, we were yeah, using yeah. shad. We're using a combination of shad and crankbaits, and we were using planer boards just like we would fish Lake Superior up here. Yeah. 
So I don't know. Did you guys use planer boards when you were down there? Yeah, to to the best of my recollection, I don't remember him having planer boards. I know we had the the two downriggers, and I think that's all that's all we had. And I wondered, I'd thought about it afterwards. You know, I was looking into it, and if I didn't want to buy like downriggers, I kind of wondered about trying like dip sea divers. Yep. And uh, and I asked around here, and like nobody even like knew what those were. Like nobody's used them in this area. So it'd be, well, I'm like, well, I'll be the first. <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing is you are right on track. Any type of um, big water striper fishing like that is going to directly correlate with Lake Superior or Great Lakes fishing. Yeah. So anything that you can do, anything you do up here, downriggers, dipsy divers, snap weights, lead core, uh, planer boards, you can apply to those stripers. And you could start like, you could start almost a little mini striper fishing revolution down there by showing these people that you fish with how to how to fish up here. So what I'm going to do is I've got an extra set of planer boards. I own a company called Superior Trolling Equipment where uh-huh. I manufacture planer boards for Lake Superior Fishing. Yeah. I'm going to send you a set down um, to use, and I'll, I'll help you out, uh, send you instructions on how to use them and how to set them up on your boat. Yeah. Very, it's a very simple concept, but until you actually see how to do it, it's kind of hard to understand. And when you can target those stripers when they're in, in on top, you know, or in shallower water, mm-hmm. planer boards are a great system to use, so I'll let you use those. Oh, awesome. Yeah, that will be yeah. fun to try out and see if. As long as you promote it, just promote yeah, it to everybody of, that you know. Of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh, we'll start the revolution. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It feels a little southern, a little northern Minnesotan. So yeah, I know a little. I know I don't know a lot about anything, but I know a little <laughs> bit about a lot of things. That's kind. Of, that's kind of the way I am too. I'm a jack of all trades, master of none. <laughs> that's exactly it. Right. Oh, cool. Um, so talk a little bit about, I guess, the goal for your podcast and, you know, obviously you're, you love fishing and you can tell that you love fishing by the way you talk about it, but what's the goal kind of for your podcast and where do you want that to go? Yeah. Um, so I don't know how soon this, this is going to come out, um, from when we're recording it today. So I'm partnering up with Barb Carey from Wisconsin Women Fish in the okay. the women ice angler project and um she just has a ton of connections and then you know eventually when we get a big enough following we'd like to you know bring on board some sponsors and things like that um and just you know just keep the show going and and uh make it into something you know as big as we're able to and so that's kind of like the immediate future for the show and then long term it's really just just keeping on sharing stories like what we're doing of people that you know other women anglers other uh women hunters and and other types of adventures just to inspire other women out there who are maybe a little intimidated or um you know just have a passion for it but are just otherwise like afraid to like just get out there and start doing it so they can hear stories of other women and just be inspired and encouraged and just kind of start building a tribe basically, you know, and maybe turn it into a movement and, you know, just kind of get us closer to that 50, 50 that I would like to see. Yeah. So that sounds like a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting. Very exciting. With each podcast, you do a little blog kind of thing. So what, 
where can people find your podcast and and see you know what you're kind of doing with it yeah so the best place to go is to thewomanangler.com and you'll see a link to go to the podcast there and that will that will bring you to all the different episodes you can actually just listen right on the website or you can go to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, all those other places. It's available there. Um, but on the website, I do write up like a little blurb about the, the show and then provide links, uh, useful links and stuff like that. So and some photos. Awesome. Well, we thank you a lot for joining our show. And, you know, we wish you all the best in your in your podcast endeavors and, you know, your future in, in the fishing and outdoor industry so absolutely it was it was nice talking to you and i'll i'll get you i'll get ali to get your information here when we get done and and i'll send you down some planner boards so you can start using those awesome that's exciting thank you so much and thanks for having thanks for having me on the show thanks for listening to episode 17 of empower outdoors podcast that was our interview with angie scott from the woman angler and adventure podcast